Lane.
Hit refresh. We're here. What's going on here? All right. Maybe uh, we're not getting out. Maybe we have a little technical difficulty. I give up. All right, so let's see what we got. You did two times, huh? All right, let me make sure it's not... uh, Let me see here. We'll go here. And... Okay, three times now. We're not... You're not hearing me, huh? Hmm. All right. Technical difficulties. Excuse me while we try it here. Testing one, two. Hello. Yeah, I'm I'm getting it there. Oh, someone has just logged in. I think it's Mr. Becker showing up. We'll see what happens. All right. Oh. Hang on a minute. We'll get restarted here. Let me see. All right. No. Becker. Check one, two. Check, check. Check one, two. Check, check. I can hear myself. Dee says she can't hear anything. I can hear you. You can hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you both over the broadcast and I can hear you through Skype. Okay. Well, it's Dee, she just signed out, so she'll be back. Anyways. Cool. All right. We'll start over. Here we go. Um... Is that you, Matt? Are you talking to me? Yeah, who's that? It's Mike from Jacksonville. I just want to let you know you've been getting out the whole time. I've been watching people come in and out, but I've Uh been hearing you the whole time, so everything's working. Okay, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't don't want to hold you up. Uh, Keep going with your show and everybody online. Don't worry about what you can't hear. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate there it. There you go, man. Good evening. I'm listening. Hey, you, you called me last time about the uh, the, the the slam, right? Yeah. Hey, can There's you... There's only uh, one recorded on the uh, northeast side. There's only, uh, only one recorded. Right. I made a note to myself, and I forgot to say it last week, but uh, send me an email at... Chip at kayakfishingradio.com with your address, and I'll send you some KFR stickers, man. Oh, man, that would be – that's tight. All right. I'll yeah, do man. that. Yeah. I appreciate Chip at, it. Chip at kayakfishingradio.com. Just send me your address, and I'll I'll get you a couple of uh, KFR stickers. All I got you online, I don't want to blow your show, but I've been trying. I did a quick um, Facebook profile. I don't really have a Facebook but I wanted to go on just so I could type in, and I can't get in once I'm in. I don't. I, am I doing something wrong? Hmm. 
uh, to get into the chat room? Yeah. Um, yeah, it should it, it be shows where you can just go with it. goes through the week, but I can't get to any one person, and it brings up the same screen that if I do it through through the kayakfishing.com. Oh, okay. Hey, huh. Chip, I'll tell you what. I'll take him out into the uh, into the screening room, and I'll uh, I'll run him through it. Okay, man. Thanks, I appreciate Greg. it. Very good. All right, thanks, buddy. Don't forget to send me your address. Two windows open, and it's fine. All right, D. Here, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna tell the kids. Cue the kids. There we go. D got it working. All right. <laughs> one for chat and one from the live link off the of blog talk. Okay. Hmm. I guess maybe my link on uh, Kayak Fishing Radio might be messed up. I'll have to double check that. Thanks for alerting me to that. So anyways, we've got, um, yeah, yay. Um, so the weather looks like it might be uh, good to go. I see you guys are getting a little bit of the remnants of the rain and stuff, but I think for the weekend it looks like not too bad, right? The forecast for the weekend is not that bad. So um, get out there and do some fishing. Um, looking at the events coming up, uh, the Big Bend Kayak Classic in Crawfordville, Florida. Uh, Sean Blunt invited us. Uh, to, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to make it down there, but uh, folks in that area, if you're interested, Big Bend Kayak Classic, Crawfordville, Florida. Check that one out. That's uh uh, starts uh, tomorrow, I guess. And then Southwest Florida Kayak Angling Festival in Fort Myers. That's Saturday all day. It'll be at the Fishtail Marina in Fort Myers. And then Sunday, uh, Manatee Cove, Merritt Island, Florida. First Sunday, SK, the Space Coast Kayak uh, Outing. So that's coming up in... Uh, the Panama City Kayak Fishing Association has their May social coming up on the 12th. And that looks like about it for early on in the in the month. So welcome to May. Holy cow, it is May, right? We are already at May 1st. And uh, the weather is uh, is changing. Spring is upon us. And uh, hopefully the fishing will get good. Um, I don't know. And now Mr. Becker is still in the uh, in the conference room there. But good stuff going on. Uh, if uh, you're, we don't have uh, specific boats here that we push and all, but uh, I do favor uh, a good portion of my uh, stable is made out of native watercraft. And there's a native watercraft owners group that opened up just about a week ago, I think it was. And we already got 252 members in the native watercraft owners Facebook page there. Check it out if you're interested in native watercraft. A lot of interesting stuff going on in there. Uh, I think there's actually now a Hobie uh, owners group. It's something how something gets out on Facebook. Next thing you know, everybody wants uh, wants a piece of it. But cool, check those out. Check out our uh, our uh, segment there on Kayak Fishing Radio. You get some insight into the other shows. 
that are happening. Remember on Monday nights, uh, Redfish Chuck kicks it off out of Titusville, Florida. On Tuesday nights, we have Yak Fish in Texas with Jaron Wassel. Uh, he's uh, he works over there at Austin Kayak in Texas. That show there, if you want to catch it though, if you want to see it or listen to it live, you got to show up at nine o'clock Central time or eight o'clock Central. That's nine o'clock Eastern. Uh, don't be fooled by that sitting there waiting for the show to start. And then on Wednesday we have uh, our longtime uh, buddy there, um, Mr. Mark Wheeler, landing crew, and he does our Sweetwater show, our low-sodium event on Wednesday nights, and then we come around here on Thursday nights for the Christian Radio Thursdays on Buzzard Row. A bunch of us just sitting around from all over the country, yeah, the world. That's right. So, really cool. Yeah, we got Native Watercraft folks from all over the world. That is pretty interesting. It was really cool seeing some of the folks from... uh, uh, Sweden and like there was one here from those guys fish a lot of uh, pike and stuff. It's very cool, but uh, yeah, it's amazing that uh, the natives are popular pretty much all around the world. Very cool. Um, so Australia, Canada, yeah, the, even the Canadians. Very cool. D, how have you been? You should call in and let's chat. See what's going on in your neighborhood. 714-816-4727. We're here. We're gonna, we, we started a new thing a couple of weeks ago, and tonight we're going to get into it here in just a bit. Mr. Becker comes back on the line, and uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, we do our tech talk now. Uh, we started off at the... Uh, with our first initial tech talks and we were talking about electronics in the boat in your kayak and how to put a battery in it and put some wiring in there and rig it up for a bottom machine GPS and then we got into some lights <laughs> drag she's trying to cook dinner okay pull some drag there for the where is it oh there we go D I'm back. I had to there we go. Running with it. You're live, Mr. Becker. Actually, we'll start over. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Tell us how your week. Oh, uh, the week. Uh, the week had had high hopes and high aspirations, and uh, the uh, the weather was hmm. not as cooperative as I would have liked. But all in all. The weekend was good. Got to get out on the water a little bit. Uh, the uh, hoping to get out during the week. We had some real good afternoon tides, combined with some good active uh, solar lunar or solar lunar, depending on how you like to say it. Periods. Uh-huh. But um, the one day I could have gotten out there and, and spent some time. Uh, the uh, you know the morning news was talking about small craft warnings and everything else, and I figured well. You know, discretion being the better part of valor and all that. And uh, I decided not to go out. And uh, Donna and I went down to the, the nature park by the uh, by the power plant for lunch. Right. It was it wasn't quite Glasscom, but it was certainly navigable. And I I said to myself, that will teach you to uh, 
to pay attention to, to the weather. Birds. So yeah, <laughs> but every, every other day, the, the you know there have been two foot swells running with that really really strong wind and uh, out of the south. So it uh, it hasn't been much fun. But Robert and I did get out last Saturday and paddle around a bunch out there. I uh, I caught one catfish on a paddle tail, uh, moving it faster than I thought they could move. But uh, <laughs> we were fishing in some pretty tough weather, and then. Uh, Got the wife out on Friday for a little paddle around the bay for a little nature tour. So that was a good thing. Got some time on the water anyway. Time on the water is a good time, man. It is absolutely a good time. Yeah, so you've, I mentioned your your catfish experience there. Um, but uh, actually, I think we've got... Is that you, D? Yes, it is. D! <laughs> it's you. D. Kaminsky, Native Watercraft Endorsed Guide out of Sebastian, Florida. Welcome back to the show. Lord Thank Mistress you. Of I miss you guys so much. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, D, tell us how it's been going. You had any trips this week? What's, what's the, give oh. us the fishing report. You know, I was listening to Mr. Becker first, so... Okay. You know, don't don't just come to me because I was here, you know, because I haven't been here in a while. I like oh, to he, hear what he's got to say. <laughs> he caught a big catfish. <laughs> yep, that was he it. He did. That was it. The big catfish. <laughs> Do they have, like, a freshwater catfish? No, this was a saltwater catfish. Was it, a, like, a, a sail cat? No, or? It, it was not a gaff top, uh, gaff top sail cat. It was a... Uh, you know, little hard like your basic little, little little old hardhead, but hit a uh, hit a three inch paddle tail that I was cranking in fast to make another cap, and he came up and blistered it right almost under the surface. And uh, <laughs> I, I was actually laughing because I I'd, I'd never seen that happen before. I thought I had a pretty decent. Uh, yeah, you know that that's, that's really interesting. It. Interesting that you brought that up. I I did have uh, some time to spend with a. Um, uh, a pro angler, uh, Justin Carter, this past weekend, uh, fishing with him out of Titusville. He's from South Carolina, and he did a couple trips up to um, the Panhandle area and the Gulf Coast, and he said those cats are ridiculous, that they will hit everything and anything, yeah. um, and, and in South Carolina as well. And we don't have that down here in Florida um, they'll hit the gulp, gulp baits, which I do not fish. Um, but other than that, they're not going to really hit anything unless it's uh, stinky, smelly stuff. Yeah. No, this was this was a relatively unstinky, unsmelly. But uh, he must have been hungry, and I, I figured that would be a good sign because I figured if the catfish were hitting something that was almost a top water, you know, <laughs> the, the red fishing trout had to turn on. But uh, they. Oh. Uh, they did not, and the the wind kind of pushed us back into the bay. So, yeah, but you you said he hit a top water. I missed but, that. No, I part. was I was That's I was crazy. I was actually I have caught one on a top water. Um, I've caught a gaff topsail cat on a on a top water, but um, I did catch uh, this one was a a paddle tail that I was reeling in. You know, about six feet seven feet from the boat, I was zipping it back in to make another cast, and uh, he came up and blistered it right uh, right in front of the boat. So wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Freaky wow. stuff here in Tampa Bay. All right. Well, um, 
I, it's been crazy here. I mean, we had a really, really great April. It's been really strange. It hasn't been like uber, uber windy like it has been in the past years uh, where it's a, a transition month. It's kind of later this year. Um, and it's also the fishing has been later as well. So fish that I've caught and logged from a month ago in the beginning of April are actually showing up now. So logging is a really great, great tool. Uh, log it all, learn from them where you caught fish previously, you know, what's going on with, I, I'm not a tides kind of person, so I don't write any incoming, outgoing kind of tides stuff, but weather-wise, temperature-wise, and whatnot, I mean, it's just a whole month off. I mean, two two weeks to a month off of where it normally would be. So if anybody has done any of that stuff down here in South Florida, you know, look at your logs and fish it as if you were late, you know. So you're saying that the action is like it's two two months late or two months early? Two months late. So, like, if I found fish April 1, I'm finding uh-huh. them May 1. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. You think or it's just because weeks, of the you know, long the long winter or what? I don't know. I I mean, if I could only get into the fish's head, then I'd be catching fish left and right. But um, I just know that the patterns of the the pattern of the bite, the pattern of the location and the pattern of the schools has been later than it's normally been. Hmm. Wow. Well, it's it, it's interesting and I know Dee, so as as long as I've known you, you've always been a big proponent of of keeping logs and keeping track of where you saw fish, how you caught them, that kind of thing. You probably have one of the most extensive logs any fisheries biologists would love to uh make copies, I'm sure. Um, but it's going for the rate of uh, twenty million dollars right now. <laughs> no. See it on e- <laughs> see it on eBay. D. Kaminsky's log. Yeah. Right? Hell, if they can sell old underwear from a you know a rock star, <laughs> I should be able to make some money, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but ha- did did you get out this week, D? Or I've been off the water for three days because of the storms and winds, yeah. So I'm itching to get out, and I actually was thinking of going tomorrow, uh, but it just was – they went from a 30% chance of rain to 70% where I want to go. I said, no, that's okay. I'll stay home. Wow. I got things to do. Yeah, got things (laughs) to do, yeah. All right. Got to watch your parrot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, wash your parrot. <laughs> what Actually, was that? He said something about washing a parrot. Yeah, I said you, you got to you stay home and wash your parrot. Oh, oh. That's not a we euphemism. A... That's just. Oh, okay. Just something. All yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. So. Yeah. D, you're welcome <laughs> to join in with us, and let me say hi to uh, Matt Trucks, Yak Chump, joining us from New Jersey. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hey, good evening, Chip. Good evening, Greg. Good evening, D. How you guys doing? Hey, Matt. Yo, yo. Yo. 
And uh, Matt Yo. is from New Jersey. Dude, uh, last week you told us the, the, the big bass, the stripers, were on fire. How did you do? Yeah, we and killed you... them last weekend. Killed them. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Buddy of mine got a 42-inch striper. Nice. Yeah, nice fish. <laughs> what are they? What are they? What are they eating? Uh, actually, they're they're on the bunker, or I think you guys call them the pogies down there, or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, they're, the, they're rolling on the bunker right now. Uh, cool. I don't know what what the uh, what's going to happen after all the rain we got yesterday. We got we got heavy rain up here too, like five uh-huh. inches in the. Uh, the rivers were so overflowed this morning, I couldn't get to work until 1.30 in the afternoon today. Wow. Yeah, Sounds... and that's where those bass are headed, so <laughs> they might have all got blown back out into the bay and the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit there at the road, man, and watch them come across and pick them off, right? Yeah, right. So... Are you out in your kayak in the ocean getting those, or are you in the river, or where are you getting those? Um, Ocean and Raritan Bay, if, if you know how New Jersey shaped that little alcove where New York City is kind of sunken in yep. there. Yep. And the fish come in there, and they, they go up the Hudson River and the Raritan River, and they go in there to spawn. So mainly catch and release right now. A lot of us are just catching and releasing because they're, they're full eggs, all these fish, the cows. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch them when they come back down after they lay their eggs and spawn. And they're not like they're not like the salmon and stuff. They they go up, spawn, and then come back out, right? Yeah, they go up, spawn, and they come back out, and they they go up to Massachusetts for the uh, summer. Hang out on Kennebunkport or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. So, and uh, we'll we'll that kind of ties in. I've got a we've been we started a new thing. We did it a couple of weeks back. We did a couple of shows on it. We call it Tech Talk, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us into it right now. Watch your head. Keep your head and eyes open. And don't, don't get caught off the car or anything like that. Holy cow, who turns up? Anyways, yeah, see, we're, we're Tech Talk. And tonight's Tech Talk. I, I, was, I was reading through some, you know, just scanning through some forums and stuff. And the first thing, I'm going to start off with a riddle. And I know all you guys, you guys are just sitting there. No, no, no quick Googling, no Google foo. But the question is, when we talk about fishing reels, right, the old school fishermen used to talk about having a 4-odd or a 6-odd, right, or a 12-odd reel. What does that mean? Who knows it? When you say a four, you know, like you see it written four slash zero, like a four-aught reel. You know, D? Uh, uh, Hook-wise, yes. Reel-wise, no, I have no clue. No clue? It's a, we're talking about a conventional reel. Like it would be, wouldn't, well, I don't know. Matt, you guys probably use the conventional reels up there when you're jigging and stuff, right? Yeah, it's pretty much all I use. I'm, yeah. I have like two spinner setups, that's it. Okay. All the rest of my rods are conventional setups or baitcasters. Right, and then, and we're going to talk about too the different. You don't you don't go cast in a four or a six aught reel. You certainly wouldn't cast like a ten aught. Come on, Mister Becker, chime in now. What does that What does that mean? What does a six aught mean? 
Come on, Becker. What I actually heard uh-huh. was that the, the ought designation was something that Penn started that it really wasn't a standard until they made it one. Okay. Um, there was there was a correlation at one point to um, IGFA classes, but I don't think that's all that valid. Um, no. I think it's just sizing. It, 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 it does have to do with the size. So... Uh, and it has to do with the days when they did the the it wasn't braided line like we know it. Right, it was the, the size, nylon, it was the, size the, of the nylon, dacron, the nylons, yep. Right, so the dacron lines. So if you had four strands, right, each strand had so many, uh, so many lines in it, and each one was about three or four pounds of test weight. So mm-hmm. like a four aught reel would be about a forty pound, a thirty to forty pound test. But the slash ot meant ocean reel. It wasn't a zero. It was it was not a zero. It was an O. It was a, so it meant an ocean or a saltwater base reel. Okay. And to this day, like a four ot reel is like a pen senator one thirteen, and a six ot is like a one fourteen. But it was pen that started it. But it, the the ot designation meant ocean reel. Pretty sure that's what it is. Little little trivia there to kick off Tech Talk, but Tech Talk, we're going to talk about fishing reels. And the way we like to do Tech Talk, these we start off just kind of generic, and and kind of get the the generalities of it, right? So, and the, and the reason I brought this up tonight was because I was reading, and you don't realize it, but a spinning reel, what we what we think of when we talk about a spinning reel. The reel itself is in our friends across the pond there. They call it a fixed spool reel because the spool doesn't really turn on a spinning reel, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, does, it does on mine most of the time, but it's turning backwards. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> it's a big fish thing, man. It's a drag. It's drag. We're taking drag. Yeah. It's a big yeah, but catfish. that means you have something on the hook. That's <laughs> right. Exactly right. That's right. Yeah, but so, you don't want it to go backwards too far. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> and it, and it, yeah, it's they they call it a, a a fixed a fixed spool drag or a fixed spool reel because it's the bale spinning around. When you crank the handle, it turns the bale around, which then wraps in and then another small gear that makes the spool go up and down so that it doesn't just wind it all in one position on the reel, but. I thought that was kind of interesting. But so Tech Talk, we want to try to give folks an idea about, you know, things about fishing reels. So how many different kind of reels do we do we see out? We just said with Matt, you know, we talked about a conventional reel. And then there's a, a casting reel. And you're not really casting, a, like I said, a 4-aught or a 6-aught. You're pretty much putting a bait on it, be it a big, giant jig. Or something like that, and you're dropping it straight down under the boat. We used to call those boat reels, right? Because that's what you use them for. You just drop them staying out. Especially if you went on like a party boat, that's what they gave you when you got on there, right? So you're not casting around. They're putting like four ounces of weight on it, maybe six ounces of weight, and you just drop it straight down to the bottom. Yeah, see, it and depends. Uh, I mean, uh, with the round conventional reels, if it has a level line on it, I'll cast those. Uh, I cast pretty far with those, especially with like a snagging setup for snag and bunker. Uh, yeah. Weighted treble. Mm-hmm. But um, 
if it doesn't have a level line on it, that's typically a, a reel you're going to use for trolling. Right. That kind of conventional setup, because you've got to level it as you reel it in. Okay. With your thumb, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, when you get into the big reels, and the, and the nice thing about a conventional reel, and the reason that they're great on a boat, uh, and they're great for what you're doing is they hold a lot of line, right? I mean, what, what kind of reels are you using, Matt? What's your conventional reels? Uh, for bass fishing, the Abu Garcia 7000 series. Okay. And uh, for flounder fishing, the, the 6000 series Abus. I like the Abus. They're they're cheap. And <laughs> how much like line? Them. And how much line can you put on those? And you're you're probably loading them up with braid, right? Braid, yeah. Minimum, you could put 300 yards of braid on it, no problem. Right. And now when we go back to our, talking about our spinning reels, unless you get up into some really big spinning reels, it's going to be tough to get 300 yards of line on a spinning reel, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so, and then we're going to talk about sizes here in just a minute, but we got our spinning reels. That's pretty much general. I think everybody has a spinning reel, right? Um, conventional reels, uh, you know, you're going to get the guys up, up north like Matt that are going after maybe fishing under some bridges or out in the bay or something like that. Uh, and then there's the, the casting reels. And casting reels, what I'm thinking about are more, you know, like the uh, Shimano Curados, uh, Abu Garcia, the smallest, like Matt was saying, with the level wind. And uh, you can cast that. you got to have a real talented thumb, though. Otherwise, I mean, I think D's seen me put some bird's nests in some reels that make you just want to cry. No, no, that wasn't you. <laughs> yeah, that was me. When you hook a spook so to your... The casting reels today are, are pretty much uh, seamless with their magnet drag system. Uh, if you get a bird's nest in these newer reels, you're doing something really wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, to, to, to put Chip uh, in a good spot, it wasn't because he didn't cast it properly. He got it caught on his anchor. Yeah. He had a stick in there. Yeah. And I hauled, I hauled back. It back. <laughs> so there you have it. caught All on right. to the stakeout pole there. <laughs> the stakeout pole, and it just was the biggest thing ever, and I never heard anybody swear. So No, he didn't swear. Um, <laughs> but it was done for the day. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that one was done, man. That one was but, but it all depends, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a million people just love those uh, reels, and I, for one, would never, ever use that because I was so frustrated trying to learn that coming off of like those Zebcos from freshwater fishing. I don't, I don't know if you, what you call those. Is that a conventional? No, but that's, that's actually called a, that's called a closed faced reel because it the has closed it's face. closed, yeah. That's a close. Oh, that's that's a push where, button reel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where I came from um, for a long time. Oh, probably until I started doing a lot of more uh, fishing up in uh, for walleye and whatnot. You could never pull anything in with those crappy things. So <laughs> I converted over to spin and did a lot better. But never looked the first one you had pink on a mini mouse rod. I have one of those now. What are you saying? It's a Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't even have one of those. But, yeah, that's the same thing. But um, I forgot what my point was now. See, you guys threw me off. Well, we were talking about baitcasters, and you were saying you went from a Zebco to yeah, a spinning reel. Um, 
But regardless of that, um, your your cast was not based on what you were casting with. It was based on the situation at the time. So I'm just, just saying that bird yeah. there. Absolutely. But I don't like them because I've tried to convert myself. That's what it was. I was going from the Zepco to spin, and then I tried that, and I could not for the life of me try to figure out how to make that thing cast without getting a bird's nest, no matter what I did. So I eliminated that from my arsenal and went straight to spin and, and just left it there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Easier. Uh, uh, totally easier. I mean, uh, in a spinning rod. Now, in a spinning rod, though, there are some nuances to it, uh, or a spinning reel, and we're just going to talk about reels tonight. In another show, we're going to do a couple of shows on this, but uh, it's a gear thing, and it's uh, spinning reels. There's some there's some important things about uh, spinning reels too, and um, and then and then there's kind of the size thing. Now, I started off with the old trivia with the four rods and stuff, and that's that's old school uh, fishing talk. Uh, and then um, the sizes of reels today. Uh, sometimes when you're with a when you're out on a boat, and we're talking a motorboat, we're not talking about kayak fishing, but on a boat, uh, they'll talk about kind of uh, tend towards refer to the setup as you know the weight. Like so, like uh, if you're on a uh, going out on a on a guided boat trip. They might have 20-pound gear or 30-pound gear or something like that. You might be using a Shimano TLD or something like that. But they're talking about generally the weight as far as, you know, the the drag capability of the reel. And the drag capability of the reel is usually about one-third of the total capability of the reel. So if you're talking about 20, you've probably got 60-pound test on the the rod. So, but... um, as far as sizes for spinning reels, if you're thinking about using a spinning reel, like in the backyard pond, a small impoundment, you're doing freshwater stuff, the size spinning reel there that I'm usually running is some probably in the in the hundreds. Generally, now some manufacturers go with hundreds when they really mean, and they'll go with tens. So if you're, I'm thinking like Shimano or maybe a lose or something like that, they're talking a 500 or a 750 or a 1,000 size reel. Those are your general freshwater reels. Is that, is that, you think that makes sense, Matt, D? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Okay. And I'm trying to, trying to keep it to, a, so, to where somebody, we were talking about reels standing on the side of a pond the other day, and I had a little spinning reel, uh, that I use for crappie and bass, and it was a little loose speed reel, you know, uh, 750. Now, some manufacturers might call that a 75 or a 50, but then the next step up, if you go, like, w- we're usually doing inshore stuff, flats fishing, that kind of stuff, in a kayak, and generally in a kayak, you can get away with lighter gear because you use the boat as your drag system. And that's when you get into, right? No, I'm laughing because I had to run up to see what my reels were from freshwater fishing, and I pulled a reel out that was a 100. It was a 100, right? Okay. Yeah, a nice little Berkeley 100 back in the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. 
and it's and it's going to be kind of it's a they're small and the drags on that I mean you probably only got ten maybe fifteen pound test on them at the max right um, yeah now, actually I was using this one to do some sabiki uh, work for me to get bait for fresh or saltwater fishing <laughs> yeah because of my conversion but that's exactly great yeah that's that's good stuff okay so then when we go to like you know, if you went out with D or me, probably Matt inshore, we're going to step it up a little bit to a spinning reel size. Now we're talking 2,500, 3,000, 3,500, 4,000. You may be with one of those manufacturers that are calling them, hun- you know, hundreds, so like a, a, a 250, a 300, a 3,500. Generally, uh, the 25 or the 2,500, the 3,000, they're probably the same body size of the reel as far as the handle and the body size of the reel. It's just the spool is going to be a little bit different size. You probably can get 50 to 80 yards more uh, line on a 3,000 versus a a 2,500. So look at your reels, Dean. What are you using? 3,000s? All of mine are 2500s. 2500s, there you go. Uh, in short, yeah. If mm-hmm. I am going to do any kind of like inlet fishing in Florida, right. um, I then reach 3000 to, I have a 3 and a 4. And of course, the line diameter gets bigger to being. Um, right. Instead of ten pound pass, I go to twenty. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and 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 today with with uh, with braided line, um, you you could get really tiny because like a forty pound braid now, like forty pound Power Pro, is about the same size as a eight to ten pound test monofilament. And I think everybody here uses braid, right? D. Uh, yeah. Braided line, Matt, braided line. Yeah, there's a conversion chart out there somewhere. I don't remember where it is, but it'll tell you what the poundage is of mono versus braid. Right. And I think pretty much. I still use like eight pound, six and eight pound mono on my freshwater gear for like trout and stuff, but other than that, it's all braid. Yeah. So, um, and, and so. 2,500, 3,000, generally what you're going to see inshore. And like Dee says, she steps it up. She's going to be looking at maybe some bigger fish. And she's going to go to, uh, she's going to step it up to a 3,000, 3,500, 4,500. Um, Matt, what's your big, oh, Dee just dropped. Sorry, Dee. Uh, yeah, Dee just got cut off. But, um Matt, what is your big spinning reel? What, what size spinning reels are you using for bass? Ooh, offhand. I don't really... I think you I don't know. Right <laughs> Got a box. Oh, yeah. uh, f- <laughs> I didn't know the quantum I use is a Boca 40. Okay. And the uh, Spiros I use is a 4,000. Okay. So there, you know, so so you said the, the Boca is a quantum-made reel? Yep. Okay, so they're going with a 40, so... You would just add it up. I mean, you would know the difference between an actual four, which would be like a freshwater, and actually freshwater, you only see like a 500 or a 50 or a 75 or 750, something like that. 
and then you'll step it up. So size of the four thousand. Yeah, so you're looking at a four thousand size reel. So that's generally, and that, and that always confuses some people because I'll say, yeah, get yourself a three thousand size reel and about a seven and a half foot rod, and you got a nice flat setup there. And and I think I I've fished with Mr. Becker enough. I know he's probably he's shooting a three thousand and a seven and a half foot rod, right? You got other size spinning reels, Greg? Uh, actually, for for the inshore stuff, they're all three thousands. Um, and what was the, on that the, tarpon rod that got broke? <laughs> well, that was a Cabo sixty. A Cabo sixty. But, um, D's back. Uh, yeah, a little bit bigger than that. But uh, um, the um, Roy McGill uh, reels that have taken to fishing inshore, the body size on the 2500 and 3000 series are, are the same, but the spool's a little bit bigger and there's a little bit more line capacity in the 3000. Right. And it mm-hmm. also changes the drag dynamic a little bit with a little bit bigger radius at the uh, it affects a little, more surface so area drag, there. a little bit more surface area on the drag, so I, I like to fish the bigger spool a little bit. Right. You get your back, D. Hey, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no worries. No worries. <laughs> I don't know how to work a phone. <laughs> we just heard like a little squeal, and then you were gone. So. Yeah, I dropped the phone, and then I had to go get another phone because that phone died while I tried dialing back in. What? Never mind. Okay. Drama, baby. Drama. No need to have drama. No drama. So, anyway, so there, so that's it. I don't think I've seen anybody, and I think the biggest reel that I take out at my tarpon set up for in the kayak is I think I've got a uh, a six fifty Shimano bait runner that I Holy use. Holy crap! You guys are talking about big tarpon. Yeah. <laughs> now we just wow. I just said. Uh, Bucket list. No. Yeah, bucket list, right? Come on over. Yeah. A, a 450. Uh, I, you know what? I got the big tarpon. It's just getting the adrenaline and uh, angst to get out there and get those big tarpon. So I kind of been settled in with those juvenile tarpon. So I'm <laughs> yeah, but the I way I'm I getting saw. over that is the way I'm getting over that is going out with people who have done it a bunch and who actually know what they're doing. <laughs> and he'll yeah. be there with me to keep me from messing it up. So that's, uh, yeah. that's the way I'm going. Well, I also have yeah. to pull the trigger, so. <laughs> yep, that's it. And I, I, I saw a report here earlier today, Dee, that uh, the somebody saw some big tarpon out in the surf hitting up on some mullet school, so. Mm-hmm. This is the season, baby. Going to start coming, yeah. Going to get those big ones. Anyway, so there's that's kind of the general setup for, for spinning reels. Um the other, the other thing, the little nuances you might find is most of our spinning reels, now the old school style, in fact, I think Penn still makes a 720, which is the old style where the bale and the way it works, the spool is actually inside of the bale. And most of the, the ones you see today are what they call a skirted spool. So the where the line is on the spool then there's like a little skirt underneath. And what's really nice in a kayak, and I found, is that if you're fighting a fish and you need just a little bit of extra drag, you can just kind of cup your hand around that and put a little pressure on that spool and add a little bit to it. Be very careful, though, because especially if you're using heavy braid, if you've got a big braid on a rod, 
and the rod is generally like the rods I like to use are seven and a half foot, and they're generally set up for about a six to fifteen pound weight, which you put about fifteen pounds of drag real quick with your hand on the spool, and you'll break a rod, no problem. Ouch. Yeah, you can do that, no problem. Or if you let if you let the rod tap on the boat somewhere, <laughs> you get that or. If you've had a rod sitting in a rod holder with a weight on it and it's been slapping against the side of the rod, now it's got a little stress fracture in it and you're going to get a problem there. But So, yeah, skirted spool, that's generally how they're most made now. Uh, then you can add a little bit of drag there. Um, the other thing, and we'll take a consensus real quick, how many people spin the the lever, the handle on their spinning reel to close the bale. Anyone? Matt? Absolutely not. <laughs> Becker's like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> that Me? is the biggest no-no ever in my book. Yeah. Especially hey, with you might just tie a knot in your line by hand. Yeah, especially <laughs> with braids. Especially with braid. You're You're setting yourself up for some great wind knots. Well, you know, that's the funny thing. You know, I, I go out with so many people, and I explain to them how to avoid a lot of situations, and they just don't seem to listen every time. And it's funny when they go, oh, no, no, I didn't do that, I do that. And I go, I know you did that. I just watched you, and I saw you <laughs> create that knot. Uh, yeah. And then, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's yeah. so cute. It's awesome. And the other, it's yeah. awesome. And then the other thing is uh, you got to fish on. It's taking drag, and you're going to wind against the drag, right? Oh, God. No, let's not do that either, okay? If the fish is pulling drag on on the reel, and mm-hmm. uh, you just, where is it? But it oh, makes a really cool noise. Yeah, it sounds like this. Yeah, but the noise. <laughs> yeah, there it is. But see, that's the funny thing is uh, the noise sounds the same whether they're cranking it or if yeah. the fish is dragging it. So you just tell them if you hear that noise, don't crank. That's right. Oh, it, don't it, reel. It, it, sounds, it goes a lot faster, that noise. When you, it goes when a lot cranking. faster? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> sounds good on video, but nice. when it's your reel and your client is ripping up your reel and you're just like, ah! Yeah. You hear that noise? Don't reel. When it stops like that, the fish slows down. That's when you're going to take up some time. I like that. All right, stop. All right. Uh, so we don't run, we don't wind against the drag on any on any reel, but especially on a spinning reel. And the reason is is that if if it's taking drag, that line is coming off the reel, and you're taking the bail, which normally puts the line back on the reel. And you're just twisting that line up. In mm-hmm. fact, when I had my motorboat and I was up at taking trips out of Pensacola, if I had somebody who was winding against a drag and I knew it was going to happen, and of course you have your you know your your boat rods right that you take out there for a trip, but I would just let all the line out, just open up the spool and just let it spool out, no no uh, lure or anything on the rod as we're driving back in, and just let all that line go out uh, and then reel it back in so that it would be straight because it would take out all the twist. But it only really you can't really do that in a kayak because you're not going fast enough. 
Uh, but, sure you can. Huh? Yeah, I guess sure you can. Could. Actually, I do it frequently. Do you? You just cut the line yep. off, let it let it go. If you know that it's you got a little twist in the line, yeah, that, that is one way to get in. With the tactical angler clips, every every four or five trips or so on the way back in, I'll just let a bunch of line out, you know, whatever is on the spool, and just let it out and let it untwist and then reel it back in. Get the twist out of it, yeah. Yep. So Man. you just want to let all my I line like out on my reels too, but that was only because I, I forgot to let the mail open. Too, but I put a teardrop weight on there. Put a little teardrop on it. Yeah, give it a little bit more tension and just uh-huh. let it go. Uh, maybe I shouldn't even put in the teardrop in. I'll just let the thing out. Now, I've always heard that it's just I just would cut the lure off, and then once you got the line in the water, the friction would be enough to just pull it off, and you could leave the bail open. Oh, Lord, just, I've uh, learned from many bull captain guys that is definitely not enough. Not enough. Really? Yeah, you want a light something like, well, actually, the teardrop is probably too much, but I haven't had any problems since I was using it. It was just a thought. But uh, like Mr. Becker said, yes, the, the, tactical angler the clip. clip might be just that amount of weight just to keep yep. it flipping over. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, that was, uh, we'll, uh, we'll start, we'll kind of wrap up Tech Talk with that this week. We're not going to get much into it. And and then I've got a list of what I thought would be, you know, if you're if you're going along and 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 don't get me wrong, but you go to a big box store and and buy a no name brand reel, and if you don't want it to last very long, then that's the reel you want to buy. But typically, spend a few extra dollars on a nicer reel, and you'll you'll have something that'll last longer if you take care of it. But I, the kind of the names that I usually look at are like Shimano, Daiwa, Penn, Abu Garcia, Quantum, Mitchell, Akuma. If you want to really get crazy, Lose, yeah, Lose is not bad. Uh, Accurate, Van Stahl. Now you're talking some real money there. Uh, you want the Ferraris? I I don't know. I I don't. I mean, I've got a couple of reels. I've got, I think the most expensive reel I've got is about $150. Um, I, I don't know if I could fish with a reel that costs $1,000. Not on and a kayak. <laughs> where you might drop it over the side, right? Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> reel grows in the water. Yeah, exactly. You're so low to the water. <laughs> and then some other things, too. That You bring up a good point there, Matt. Um Look for reels like the new Penn Spin Fishers, uh, the new Daiwas. They have waterproof uh, bodies on them. As long as the screws and all that are in them, they're waterproof uh, and uh, waterproof drags, things like that. And then and then maintenance on. We'll talk more about that in our next show. But uh, any any other comments, D? You're you're out there with guiding trips and stuff like that. I mean. Just generalize on a spinning reel? Um, I'm with everyone else because, um, seriously, the clientele that you bring on a kayak that is in in my regime, they're really looking to learn, so they're going to dump that reel in the water every time. (laughs) They are. 
And yeah. so I, I don't buy the most expensive reels by any manner, shape, or form. And people always keep asking me, why am I not buying those high-end reels? And I was like, well, because I give them to my clients and they dump them. You know, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> you can't be constantly cleaning them and paying attention to them. And a lot of times I will give them, like, my favorite reel. They're like, it's my reel. It's my rod. But I'm so in the moment that I'll say, okay, take mine, do this, blah, and then boom, it's dumped. It's just like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so I'm I'm literally fishing a $60 reel every single time. I mean, it's, there's no expense in there in any manner, shape, or form. I mean, it's gone in a year. Oh, and Maybe speaking of 60- if I'm lucky, it'll last uh, two years, but it's, yeah. it's rare. Speaking of $60 so, reels. Uh, yeah. Amazon.com had the uh, Sabalos reels for sixty bucks, so that's normally about a hundred dollar reel. But no, that's that's still a good reel. And I mean, if you're if it's going to be it, in the water and stuff, it, you know, it works, dude. I'm I'm yeah. pulling out, you know, forty uh, six inch redfish on yeah. that reel. So mm-hmm. I'm not complaining. You know, if it's me or if it's the real, I don't care. It's working, and my clients are pulling them out. So you can't complain. You can't. Everybody's having a good time. They're smiling. They're enjoying the sunshine. They dumped it in the water. I'm going, okay, (laughs) no problem. (laughs) It'll work, right? Right. Okay. Matt? Yes, sir. Last comments for spinning reels. Before we go out, take uh, all I can say is, you know, just take care of your stuff. It'll last forever. You know, a little rinse yeah. down after you're fishing. Yeah, a little WD-40, wipe it down. It'll last right. you a lifetime. D's, D likes grease. Do you use the real butter? Who anybody use the real butter? Any or lime butter? Any kind of conditioner I use, for I their not. line? I not. I wanted to start using that kind of stuff this year. I just usually always took a WD-40, put it on a rag, and just just wipe the uh, yeah. the body of the reel down, just so you don't get the paint corroding off. Yeah, I know it's definitely worth the money you'll spend on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that, that's I K N O T. Is that what you're saying? No, no, I N O X. I N O X. Okay. Yeah, and what's really great about Inox versus I'm not knocking WD-40. I use it for a long time, and it's a thin um, product to be able to get into places in the reels and stuff. And it's okay for um, the lines and stuff to lube it. But the Inox is actually made from food grade materials, so it's got an oil base to it that is natural and it it'll keep your reels going for good it doesn't you know um doesn't uh it, the the salt doesn't adhere to it mm-hmm. uh and fish aren't you know not uh they don't they don't turn away from it now wd or w yeah uh, WD-40 has never turned a fish away. It's always been great for me, but I, I've, I've turned to this one and like it a lot. So, mm-hmm. D, did you used to yeah, put something on your oil. lines though? Didn't you put what? something on the line? You don't. You, you're yeah, not. Yeah, it's using Inox, Inox works as well. It sucks oh, right okay. into your line and stays there for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a line lube and, and a real, good uh, real greaser. <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
I never used the WD-40 inside the reel. I always use like real grease, that kind of stuff. I yeah. just use it. I just wipe the body off no, with not... it so the paint don't corrode. That's well, I'm talking about the outside of the reel, not the inside. Okay. Oh, I got you. Yeah. yeah. So that's I-N-O-X. So I'll have to give that a try. I-N-O-X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get some of that for this year, definitely. Yeah, actually, Mr. one thing... Beck, go yep. ahead. On, on the Inox, the one thing I found about Inox as opposed to WD-40... WD-40 will leave a protective film, but it won't completely dry, which is a really a really good feature of the product for a lot of stuff. But I've found that it tends to attract dust, and it tends to sometimes attract a little bit of sand. Um, whereas when Inox dries, it dries almost. It, it, I've, I've never found it to dry anything other than completely dry, and it not only repels the salt, but it uh, keeps the dust and the the fine sand and all the other gunk off the reels that'll that'll wind up scratching up uh, scratching up the paint and everything else. Um, agree 100% on uh, on the rinse. Um, I actually uh, was walking through uh, Walmart one day, and they had the little, um, I don't think it's more than three-quarter of a gallon hand sprayers on sale for six bucks. And uh, I picked one up, and there's one in the trunk of the car now. And most of the time, when I actually remember to do it, um, as soon as I get back, the first thing I'll do is take the, the rods out of the boat, pump up that little hand sprayer, and just spray off the rods and the reels and then set them down. So even if I don't get to, you know, to rinse them down really well until much later on, all the salt and all the other the other crap and the sand and everything else that I've dragged into the boat or, you know, that I've uh, I've dunked the reels or whatever else is off them. Um, totally agree. I keep yep. a spray bottle, just a standard spray right. bottle is good enough for yep. for me. Right. But uh, um, the sprayer goes a long way. Gosh. Yep. Yeah. Um, don't. Don't spray high-pressure water up inside the skirt of your spinning reels. Um, if you're rinsing them off with a hose, just a fine spray on the outside, don't spray it up inside because what you wind up doing is pushing all the other, all the salt and sand and all the other junk that's on the outside. You push that up into the sticky areas of the reel. And now it's on you know, the oscillating shaft that slides the spool up and down. It's in the grease. It's in all the other sticky stuff instead of just being rinsed off. So a simple outside rinse is enough. Um, unlike some folks I've heard about who will actually take an, and soak an entire reel in a bucket of WD-40. To well, cure, now, now to you cure brought issues, me but. up. I was going to ask you this question. If you had someone that literally dunks the rod by accident completely, the reel, I should say, into the water, what is your method of cleaning off that reel so that it lasts for another time? What I've, what I've done with those in, in the salt water is I'll just take the reel off. I'll take a, you know, a five-gallon well, a gallon bucket. Uh, don't, I don't have any reels that are big enough to need a five-gallon bucket. But a gallon of warm water and just actually immerse it in the warm water, swish it around in the water. Um, the difference for me, you know, I, I used to talk, I talked to somebody who worked in, in production about how they rinse production parts to keep them really clean. And the first thing they do is a still water rinse before they do a pressure rinse. And the reason for that is a still water rinse, anything that's heavy will just fall off and fall to the bottom instead of being pushed up inside parts. So if you swish it around in that, in that still water first, um, you know, the dissolvable stuff like the salt will dissolve. The water will get up inside the other areas. But anything that's heavy, instead of getting pushed up in by a, by a strong water stream rinse, it'll just fall off and sink to the bottom of the bucket. Then you can let the, let the reel soak for a few minutes, take it out, pour all the water out, spray it off, you know, dry it, 
Binox it, and uh, and that should be good. If it's been yep. in for a long time, then then I'll probably open it up, uh, check and make sure the seals are good, throw a little bit of extra grease in there, make sure there's no water floating around inside. But if, if the wheel's well-maintained, everything is kept oiled. Um, one of the biggest things that I found for, for reels, and this goes even back to the freshwater days, for keeping the reel dry inside is making sure that the oscillating shaft that pushes the spool up and down that the spool attaches to, when you turn the crank that moves in and out, keeping oil on that and keeping that wet. If that gets dry, that's the, the first point of entry for um, you know, all the guck and the salt and the water and grit and everything else that's going to wind up inside your reel and messing up the grease. Um, the reel bearings are, the, the, the handle bearings are generally tight enough to keep that stuff out, but uh, there's, there has to be a little bit of play in that top, uh, in that top shaft. So keep yeah, there's a little seal that, right there. Right. And yeah. Keeping that oiled is, uh, has been a, an important thing for, for me. And I, I, don't, I don't remember whom I learned that from, but it's, it's yeah. worked out for well for me. And, I, I and, do... and you're absolutely 100% right in my book. So I'm, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I hear it from someone else. Yeah, I I have always been. I have just the you know the regular paint bucket that you know my five gallon bucket there, and I'll just take all of my rods out of my my uh, crate when I get back. I fill it up with just some lukewarm water, whatever's in the hose, you know, that's warm, and I'll just set my rods right down in there because it'll get the salt and everything. It dissolves it right off of your handles. You leave it in there for just a couple of minutes. And now I know my reels are in good shape because every year, at least once a year, I'll take them down, clean them completely out, put new grease, replace any seals or gaskets that are bad. And and just to dunk them down in a still water rinse, as, as Greg called it, just to let that salt, that initial salt and crud fall off. And then when I pull them out without putting that high pressure up underneath the spool or anything, just wash everything off. And I think it also helps dissolve a little bit of the salt and stuff that's off of the, you know, 100, 150 yards of line that you might have used during the during a big fish run there. Oh, absolutely. That, that still water rinse right there and then a spray off. If I don't have time to do that, then it's just a light spray from a hose or from a hand pump sprayer like you've got, Greg. But uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. But it's not a dunk no. in uh, WD-40 or anything like that, no. Now, the other thing you just mentioned, that it's, it's part of your real maintenance, but it's important for your line, too, especially with, with people switching to braided lines. Braided lines will soak up salt water. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that salt water dries, it leaves lots of little tiny crystals with all kinds of little sharp edges on them. If you consistently rinse your reel and rinse your, your line with fresh water to get that salt out of there and to get those salt crystals out of there, you'll see your line color stick around a lot longer, and I think you'll see an improvement in, in how long your braided lines actually last for, for most braided lines. You know, the, the, the solid fusion-type lines don't tend to absorb water as much, but your, your basic Power Pro, Ohiro, um, fins. Any, of the, those fins, any of those braided-style lines, um, those little salt crystals are amazingly sharp when they're rubbing against each other and rubbing against the fibers in your line. So... That goes a long way to helping maintain uh, your line integrity as well. Cool. Well, most excellent. Uh, it, it was a great uh, tech talk this week, and uh, next week 
We'll continue chatting about reels. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about putting them onto a rod and maybe the style. There's some new styles of guides and stuff, and we'll go through that. And I want to thank everybody for joining us on Tech Talk. And that's, man, we're coming around to the top of the hour. Wasn't that fun, Dee? How you like Tech Talk? Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. It was awesome. I miss you guys. Yeah. All right. We miss you too. Hey, and so we're at the top of the hour, so we're going to go down the list and see what the game plan is for the weekend. I don't know. The weather looks good up here, so I might find me some fresh water some sweet water to go attack. But, uh, D, ladies first, what's your game plan for the weekend? What's, uh... Uh, okay, well, um, my betrothed is returning tomorrow. Um, windy, winds are not uh, favorable, so I'm excited to not be on the water and pick him up from the airport. Uh, Saturday and Sunday... Usually take weekends off, got nothing going on, but that's good because Cinco de Mayo is the 5th. I have nothing going on really until the 6th with the charter, the 7th with the charter, and the 8th with the charter to kill me for a three-day-in-a-row body slam, if you want to put it. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to is taking care of some people that have been looking to catch some bull reds that I've been on for for a couple weeks now. So hopefully that will pan out. So busy, 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 and um, whoop, I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, and Mother's Day is around the corner. So if any of you want to buy me a really, really great reel for Mother's Day, I am all for it. What, just so you can take it out there and give it to a client let them dunk it in the water? Hell yeah. You want to be my client and buy me a reel, I'll help you dunk it in the water, yeah. <laughs> all right. D, it's no, good to have you back on the show. they don't all do that. Come on. They're, most no, they of don't. them are really, really good about it. Yeah. Well, D, it was good to have you back on the show. Thanks for playing tonight. And uh, it's realkayakfishing.com, right? Real is yep. in fishing, real, kayakfishing.com, all one word. D. Kaminsky, Sebastian, and you're up and down the coast there on the east coast of Florida. Yeah, Mosquito um, Lagoon, Banana River. Banana Lagoon. River, IRL. Yep. All kinds of good things. And just uh, check her out and give her a holler if you're in that area. I can't think of anybody I'd rather go fishing with. Yay. So I, yeah. Thanks, D. And Matt, how about you? You're next in line. What's your weekend game plan? Are you going back out to slay some more big bass? Yeah, I'm going to look for uh, some more big bass. Across my fingers, it's supposed to be really windy this weekend, so they're talking uh, 30 mile an hour. So <laughs> It's 30. all over the country, Matt. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> I heard I heard on the news this morning that they were having the Santa Anas out in California kicking up, and they worried about the fires. But they were showing 81 knot winds at, at uh, yeah. Rancho Cucamonga yesterday. It was like, holy wow. cow, 80, man. All right, Matt, it's good to hear from you. And the uh, ice out has happened and the, the big cow bass. And look forward to seeing some pictures, dude. Pictures from you, Mr. Becker, your weekend. 
Uh, actually, uh, Junior Flywheel here has signed up for a, uh, a fishing event over in uh, Madera Beach on Saturday morning, so we're going to go over and, uh, and play around over there for a little while and see what the day brings. Uh, Sunday is going to depend on the weather. Um, they're talking about uh, it being fairly windy as well. Um, I'm hoping that uh, the uh, month behind trend is working over here too. I, I, I am still, Chip, um, enamored of, of all those cobia we saw, and I've, I've been hard-pressed not to launch out there again and just go, go out and look for them and see if, uh, see if they're still floating around. I can't imagine they would be, but you know, every, every time I go past and I'm not out on the water looking at them, I'm convinced that that means they're there. So That means they're uh, there. I, I, I think I'm going to have to do that again. Yep. So um, is it time yet for an update on the, the junior fishing thing yet, or should we hold off? Um, I, I, there hasn't been a formal, it hasn't been formally added to the, uh, to the website, but, uh, either way, either way, were either way. both of the names accepted or I, as far as I know, yes, they're, they, they're both, uh, they've both been added to the team. So we can, uh, you can mention that. Go ahead. You're the pro staffer. Cool. So, so, um, I, I've, had the privilege of being associated with uh, with Native uh, Watercraft and their uh, and their promotional staff team, and uh, after you know a lot of conversation that's gone on, uh, Native is really committed to not only the current generation of people who are fishing, but to supporting and and bringing uh, the youth of our of our uh, our kayak fishing family into into some more fishing. And uh, Woody Calloway and the crew at Native have. Uh, Announced and started the Native Junior Native Kayaks Junior Fishing Team. Uh, it's made up of, uh, of kids by invitation uh, who are out there fishing in kayaks, who are doing well in promoting the sport to their to their peers, representing the sport well, uh, not only with kids but with grown-ups as well, and uh, who are out there in the community uh, doing things in the fishing community that represent it well. Uh, and I'm really happy to uh, to be able to say that I've been uh, allowed to mentor and sponsor two, um, uh, two young uh, men into this program who I think really exemplify what it is. One of them happens to be my son, Robert, um, who's 11 and is, is uh, really tearing it up. The other is a young man I met a couple of years ago and I've had to... Absolutely. Well, hey. don't, don't, wear, don't wear the kids out because uh, the other one is a, is a young man who I started fishing with a couple of years ago and uh, and have been privileged to watch continue to develop uh, not only into a fine uh, a fine fisherman and continue to develop into a fine fisherman, but a fine accomplished young man as well. And that's Bradley Gibson. So, uh, yay! Absolutely, uh, so. I think they'll do a tremendous job, um, not only representing this kayaks, but representing kayaking and the youth in our industry in general. So. Uh, uh, I'm proud to be able to talk about that here. Fine. That's great. I appreciate the effort, man. And uh, I know Brad does, too. Uh, being, you know, fishing the AFWC for two years now, and Dee's had the, I hope that she considers it a privilege to get to fish with the young man. <laughs> but Oh, um, my God, yes. And and you guys come down here anytime, and we're, you know, fish on, seriously. Uh, and Dee is, Mr. Becker, Dee is, you can come too. Oh. 
and uh, D is a native endorsed guide as well. And Absolutely. Matt, we'll, we'll throw you a bone. Matt is a uh, pro staffer for Jackson Kayak, so everybody gets uh, another, cool. fi- another fine kayak manufacturer in the industry. That's right. Indeed. So, Indeed. So, there we go. All right. Yeah. So that's about it for tonight. Man, we had a great time, and we kind of blew through an hour and 15 minutes. Thanks, everybody, for showing up. And um, if you're listening to the podcast, we do it uh, Monday nights, Tuesday nights at 8 Central. Uh, Wednesday nights, a uh, little bit of freshwater talk, and then we're back around here on Thursday nights for Buzzards Row. Uh, Matt Trucks, Yaktum, D. Kaminsky, Real Kayak Fishing, and Mr. Greg Becker, the man with the golden voice, uh, thanks all for being with me tonight, and we'll see you next time. Good night, all. Tight lines and take a kid fishing.